0: God's people. Uh, Let's see. So, all right. I will not belabor the time. Um, I'm prayerfully. uh, We will get through this quickly. Um, Not that I'm going to be rushing because I'm not trying to do that, but there are some things we need to put out there and let sit in us. Uh, and germinate and and grow and and engage with it, so that we can uh truly come to not just a knowing in terms of um intellect but a knowing in terms of where we stand and who we are and who god is so um I'm going to jump into this lesson. let me get my screen up here, and we are gonna go ahead and get started so um as always, welcome to the Scrabble Conservatory Arts and Worship Center. We thank you for joining us on this morning um, and on behalf of Apostle Teresa uh, Harvard-Johnson and the Scrabble Conservatory Leadership Team and us as a community. We just want to say we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we see you, okay? So remember that. And we we always do a copyright notification. I like to add the disclaimer, So those who are listening live and those who listen to the recording understand um, the way in which we are bringing forth the truth that God has downloaded into us, not claiming to be a doctor, lawyer, counselor, and all of these other things, what you hear today as is a result of my personal study of the Holy Bible, life experience, education, and all of these other things. And... This is something we see every Sunday, so I like to flash it there, so you you know just as a reminder, but at this point, we are all familiar with these things, we want to keep them in mind, and we want to make sure that we continue to stand in them, understanding that our roots grow deep in Christ. This is the giving information as Minister Dominique spoke earlier. Uh, The Scrabble Conservatory website is up now that link is in the chat and there is a specific page dedicated to giving. Um, If I understand correctly, while the website is up, the giving page is there. These are also uh, these other ways of giving are still very much intact. So um, if I am not correct with that, we will make sure we get that uh, get that information corrected, but you can go to the website in the giving page to give, and if you want to give to Apostle Teresa uh, personally, here's the information for that. All right, so you all remember back in July, uh, I taught a lesson or a message on the perfect conditions. And I have not taught Sunday service since then, um, but God has not stopped downloading this message into me in different ways and, and helping me to see different things. And this is an ever evolving revelation. Um, so, you know, to be honest with you, I don't believe that there'll ever be an end to it. So as long as the Lord will allow, I will continue to teach it, um, so today, I just want to, these first couple of slides, I just want to remind you of some of the things that uh, we we discussed and talked about in July concerning the perfect conditions, and then we will move into the actual lesson uh, for today. So uh, just reminding you of the perfect conditions, and um, as a recap, we talked about God's view of and pattern for perfect conditions, we talked about the different types of perfect conditions, we um, we really established an understanding concerning the fact that perfect conditions are indeed opportunities to bring light. They are opportunities to bring light, whether the conditions are hard or easy or somewhere in between, they are conditions for us to bring light, opportunities for that. And um, I presented a couple of examples, and then there was a call to action. And um, since then, we have and actually I shouldn't even say uh this is since then but even before that we have been learning about the life of God, God is love, we are his idea, um you know everything he does is out of love and and it's for us you know to continue to be able to be likenesses and image in the earth and so we we remember all of those teachings and the recent teachings that we received have been about influences and specifically about the devil and we learned about how people can act in, contr- uh, in contrast, act, uh, speak and stand in contrast to God's will. And so in that place, um, people act out uh, from a place of being like, you know, Satan, the devil. Um, so, people can be an influence Satan, demons, evil spirits are real. we know that, but they are not uh as much of our issue as as we are in terms of our mind. Um, and deciding you know not to be in alignment with God's will. There's also systems and things that are in place to influence us away from the will of God. And so we've been learning about that over the past several weeks. And then um, the last thing, and I believe it was a couple of weeks that uh, Apostle Teresa talked on or taught on uh, God being sovereign. And you know, that just that right there, in my opinion, should slay everything else that is going on with us and around us. While things might be very difficult in some regard or don't look like um, they're lining up with God's will, when we trust and believe that God is sovereign and that out of that place of sovereignty, that He, he his strategy, uh, it results in his will, um, we can begin to see the perfect conditions a lot. We can really see them for what they are. So I love the way God has already set everything up. So really quick on the recap uh, for the perfect conditions where God introduced this to our community. Um, we went back to the beginning. It's always great to go back to the beginning to really understand the pattern, understand uh, what the standard is that God set in place. And we we remember that, um, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all of the darkness and everything. And, and, and what he did, he didn't, it didn't move him the darkness didn't move him and cause him to go crazy or anything like that it, it 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 um it made god move in a way that his intent he wanted his intent to come forth so he said let there be light so we see from the beginning that while darkness was going on god didn't let that stop what his intent was and so he spoke and he said let there be light and there was light and so Out of that pattern, we begin to understand that darkness isn't just about these last two things, which uh, evil and wickedness, which more often than not, and as religion has conditioned us to believe that darkness is only these things. Now, while it can be a form of darkness, what, what more often than not is happening in our lives and what we see the results of more often than not are these other things, ignorance, Not not knowing, not understanding, chaos and confusion, all of these things, which we talked about back in July and light, we understand um, is all of these things. I added wholeness and purity because that is indeed um, a a component of light. So, again, just a reminder, we talked about the different types. I'm not going to go through all of this. Just reminding you, you all can go back and listen to the message. But these things we typically look at and we think that something is wrong, we've done something wrong, God doesn't love us, all these kinds of things, but they are actually the perfect condition for a light to come. And those opportunities um, allow us to reconcile, forgive, to be stretched and grow, to grow in our trust and faith, also to establish new connections, even if it's with the same person, but both people have been growing. So now you have the opportunity to establish something new out of the growth, okay? Pioneering, all these things um, are opportunities for light to come. And I, 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 in July, I really went in about, you know, believers being lazy because the way these perfect conditions are presented, they don't look like they will be able to bring forth the will of God. They don't appear to be something that God can use to grow us, to mature us, um, they look like, you know, it's going to take too much out of me to be able to engage in it for light to come, but we have to embrace these opportunities because God knows what he's doing. And finally, in that lesson in July, I, I put out a call to action or just something to consider as we moved um, into the close of that message and um, just you know, a provocation to begin to think about what we had learned. And the question was, how will you view and use your life and conditions differently now that we have been taught what the perfect conditions were, so on and so forth? So now that all of that has been established, now I want to move into something else, another component of the perfect conditions. Now, I, I'm asking for your patience because this revelation is evolving. And so there is so much that's being downloaded. I'm like, okay, Lord, well, what, what component needs to be taught? Or how can I bring this forth? And, you know, all of that. And, um, and so I'm just going to give you something out of all of the things I've been getting something that really has been standing out to me. And that is eternal posture. Um, So here we go. In Ephesians, the word of God declares that he has raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ the Messiah the anointed one when we talk about the grand scheme of our existence it re- especially as believers it really should always point back to eternity not our temporary Um, trials and tribulations, not the things that while very real and can be very weighty and can be very frustrating and tragic and even in some cases, but they are still very much temporary. If we can position ourselves, posture ourselves to really see where god has called us to where he has placed us we will begin to better understand that we are operating or should be at least operating out of an eternal perspective and out of the place that god has positioned and postured us so that his intent in the earth can come forth so this is uh, this is our foundation for this particular lesson today this is our posture that we are looking at things and operating in a way that is about uh, uh, doing so from eternity. So what is posturing or posture? You all know I love definitions and it's not just about the definition itself, but it's the context um, that comes with it. So posture means the state or the condition at a given time, especially with respect to the capability in particular circumstances. Now, listen, I pray that you're hearing by the spirit. I'm gonna read this again because there is so much in this, and this is just your typical English dictionary, but there is, I'm telling you, the heart of God is presented here. The state or condition at a given time, especially with respect to capability in particular circumstances. What does capability mean? That means what is already there the condition, the particular circumstances are such that they bring forth what you are able to do. They present the opportunity for you to discover what you are—you have been put in this earth to do. For you also to better understand how God wants you to reveal Christ in the earth. I pray you're making that connection. Posture and posturing is about your state or condition at any given time. Listen, that any given time doesn't always mean good, doesn't always mean favorable in your estimation, doesn't always mean that it is what you want it to be. It is at any given time that your capability, what God has created you to be able to do in the midst of those circumstances so let's 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 really get down into the word of god this here i want you to turn to luke chapter 1 um let me see this is actually that should be luke 1 26 through 38 so please make that correction for your notes luke 1 26 through 38 so this is very familiar to us We've heard it before multiple times, but as you know, I love to pull some things out and I'm going to read this. So the Bible says, now in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl never having been married and a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, the angel came to her and said, Hail, O oh favored one, endued with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favorite of God, are you before all other women? I want to stop right there. If you were participating in Bible study on Tuesday, I taught on um, basically the simplicity of Christ: tree or truth. What 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 is what is the congruence between what we want and what we say we believe, and um, or what we do and what we say. And one of the things that I pulled out of that you know that study was that in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3 the serpent or the influence came to Eve and he it, it, the influence never the serpent never came against her belief in God he came against what God said so the attack is about what God said so though we won't believe what God has established concerning us, right? So here the angel is telling Mary, oh, favored one, endued with grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed, favorite of God are you before all other women. So the angel prefaced what the assignment was with truth. He prefaced what the assignment was with truth because God knows, That in the conditions we are getting ready to navigate, they are going to sometimes be so overwhelming that they might shake us if we don't have truth intact. So the angel proceeded with truth and he goes on to say, but when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind. Listen, truth is truth god's truth is truth and do we not do this the truth is presented holy spirit lets us know what it is and we begin to dissect it we want to break it down we want to we want to analyze it to see if it fits our you know into our framework for what we want do we not do that do you see this in the scripture she began to revolve the truth around in her mind uh, what such a greeting this might mean. We want to break it down. Lord, I want understanding now. I want you to give me the details. I want all the specifics. Do we not do that? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. He addressed the fear because that's really where this was coming from. First of all, I'm not married. I'm a virgin. And you talking about, you know, you 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 get ready to tell me something about all this kind of stuff. So, he addressed the fear and he said you have found grace free spontaneous absolute favor and loving kindness with god listen y'all he reinforced truth again because fear had presented itself he reinforced um i'm sorry he yeah he reinforced truth again because of the fear and he went on to say listen he didn't say here He said, listen, to hear is the faculty of the body, but to listen is a faculty of the soul and the spirit. I hope y'all hearing the word of God. He said, listen beyond the surface. Listen beyond your preconceived uh, notions of what God is getting ready to ask of you. Listen beyond what you think it needs to be. And he said, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Come on with the instructions of God. He said, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages. And of his reign, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, come on again, questioning the truth. How can this be? since I have no intimacy with any man or, or a husband. So rolling the truth around again, examining it to, to, to try to make logical sense because we know nothing God does most times makes sense in our human experience. That's why we got to operate out of the eternal posture. And then the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you And the power of the most high will overshadow you like a shining cloud. And so the holy, pure, sinless thing, offering, offspring, which shall be born of you will be called the son of God. And listen, again, listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived the son. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called called barren, a miracle. He, 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 He put a miracle in there. (laughs) to go alongside of truth to help her better understand while your mind can't conceive this, this is the will of the Lord. And he goes on to say, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. My God, the truth of God presented here again. Now, after this presentation of truth, Then Mary said, behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Come on, truth has a way if we allow it to come in and eradicate everything that will cause us to question it. And she goes on to say, let it be done to me according to what you have said. In other words, she said, allow it. She said, I'm posturing myself from eternity to allow the truth to come forth, to allow light to come out of darkness. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. My goodness, the word of God is so good to me. So then all of that, we went through all of that. You see how truth precedes the assignment then the assignment comes we wrestling around with it with our mind holy spirit begins to keep he he continues to reiterate reinforce and rehearse truth in our ear and even sometimes you know as things are going on and we're we're continuing to question truth is still coming but there should come a point where truth catches it becomes part of us and we allow the truth to begin to unfold, even in conditions that don't seem like they are even part of the will of God. So in Hebrews 5 and 8, because we always got to go back to Jesus as our pattern, as our perfect example, where we see in Hebrews 5 and 8, the Bible declares that although he, Jesus, was a son who had never been disobedient to the father, he learned active special obedience through what he suffered the word suffer we look at that word and we think "Oh, hell gotta be breaking loose we, we 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 make it synonymous with things that we don't want to happen we that's all we see when we think about the word suffer but when you study the word suffer suffer it to be so in other words allow it to happen posture yourself to let God do what he wants to do through your life, to let the perfect conditions do what they have been presented to do, to bring life in the situations that you are in, to let God change you, to help you renew your mind so that What you are experiencing as a perfect condition doesn't derail you, doesn't dismantle truth in your life, doesn't cause you to go to the left or the right of God's intent for your life and the communities and the people that you are attached to. Suffer also means to allow. He, Jesus, learned obedience through what he allowed. I hope y'all hearing and making the connection. Jesus learned. He learned. You don't learn from just a one-time situation all the time. Most times it has to be repetitive, which is why some of our perfect conditions ain't removed like that. This is why some of the times it takes months and sometimes even years to navigate certain things. Not that God wants us to be in... Um, In situations perpetually, but he understands what the perfect conditions need to look like, even in terms of time for us to learn obedience so that his light can come so that darkness can be dispelled. I hope y'all hearing the word of God. We also see in Matthew 3 and 15, another example of Jesus letting us understand, helping us to understand what it means to allow it to be so. But Jesus replied to him, he's talking to John. When it came time for Jesus to be baptized and confirmed publicly that he was the son of God, he said to John, permit it just now. Because before, if you read the scripture, John was going on and on about, "Listen, I can't baptize you, Jesus. I'm I'm beneath you. I can't latch up your sandal straps and all this kind of stuff." But Jesus said, "See, see, you're observing this situation, this perfect condition of me being uh, more knowledgeable than you, more me being, you know, in a different place than you. You're thinking on that." And you're, you're, you are almost posturing yourself to uh, stop the will of God. But Jesus said, no, don't look at it like that. Understand that this needs to be allowed. This needs to be permitted right now for this is, listen, for this is the fitting way for us to fulfill our righteousness. See, our permitting gives way for God's will to come forth. It doesn't matter if it does not make logical sense. It does not matter if it does not line up with what we believe it should be. We have to permit it. Yes, the situation you're in might seem like it's a booger bear or or, 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 or Goliath or too big and we're too inferior. We, we're grasshoppers, all this stuff and our commentary, our inner commentary that we are rehearsing. But God says, even if you can't necessarily uh, see beyond um, what is going on, if you would just permit it to unfold, Hallelujah. If you were permitted to unfold, this will be the way in which all righteousness will be fulfilled. This is the way in which the light of God can come. This is the way in which the truth, the the solution, the answers can come to the situation. But see, Jesus led with truth uh, when he talked to John. And because truth was the lead, then John, come on somebody. I hope y'all making the connection. Truth helped John move into the place of allowing God's will to unfold. He permitted it, he allowed it, he suffered it to be so. So as we move on down to Matthew 26 and 51, the Bible goes on to talk about. Um, let me see, I'm just gonna read this. And one of and one of those who were with Jesus. Now, this is Um, you know, Jesus leading up to his crucifixion and everything. Uh, One of them who was with Jesus reached out and drew his sword. We know that was Peter. And struck Malchus, the slave of the high priest, and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to Peter, him, put your sword back in its place. Mm -mm 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 -mm. For all of those who habitually draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think? You know what? I got to stop right there for a minute. My God, Holy Spirit speak. Put your sword back in its place. In other words, put your framework back in its place. In other words, put your way of thinking this needs to look feel, be, unfold back in its place. For all who habitually draw out their own conclusions, who draw out their own way of navigating a situation. For all of us who do that, we will die by the sword. Not necessarily physical death, but this death is about not being in complete alignment with the will of God, thus making us ineffective in the earth. Put your sword back in his place. Do you think, come on, Jesus, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will immediately provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the scripture be fulfilled? My God, how will the scripture be fulfilled if I try to escape these perfect conditions? How will down through the generations, will people be reconciled to the father? If I try to sidestep this situation, put your sword back. Because if you don't, scripture can't be fulfilled. And he goes on to say, it must happen this way. Jesus said that it has to happen this way. The perfect conditions have to, they have to roll out the way they roll out because they are the only um, things that can, can be in place for the fullness of God's will to come forth. I know I keep repeating myself, but you all understand that learning comes as a result of that. I pray that you are hearing the word of God. And it goes on to say, at that moment, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me? Mm, Something there, y'all, something is there. I ain't got time to go into that. As you would against the robber, Day after day, I used to sit in the porches, in the courts of the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me, but mm, 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 because it could have happened they I mean, they could have done what they wanted to do, but see God's condition, the perfect conditions weren't that it be so at that time, but now is the fullness of time for all of this to take place. He said, but all of this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Listen, it wasn't just that they came to arrest Jesus because they was going to kill him, but also his disciples deserting him and fleeing perfect conditions for Jesus to press into his assignment, to press into God's intent, so that the end result would be that mankind could have a way to be reconciled back to the father. And I believe I got two more slides and we will be done. So. Go to Philippians 4, 7 through 13, and I'm going to try to get through this real quick. You all know that whenever we're teaching, more often than not, we point back to the mind, mainly because that is the place in us that keeps us separated from the will of God, from being in alignment with God, from operating out of our eternal posture. And so I have some things here that are highlighted in different colors to help us see and understand how all of this connects. And the Word of God reads, "And God's peace." This is Paul um, talking to the the, uh, the church at Philippi. And God's peace shall be yours—that tranquil state of soul of, of of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God and being content. Listen to the word of God and being content with this earthly lot of a whatever sort that is. Here, Paul is saying, listen, I know that I'm in this earth and it doesn't matter what my situations are, what the, what the conditions are that I might face. I am going to choose contentment because contentment brings me to peace. So whatever the lot is, whatever the situation is, That is where I'm going to find content. And that happens, y'all, in your mind. You make a decision to be content. You make a decision to agree. Contentment means agreement. So God, uh, uh, let me see, let me read it this way. And so fearing nothing from God and being in agreement, not necessarily what was happening, but God's intent in what's happening. So that to sort all that out, um, in your mind that peace would transcend all understanding uh, shall garrison and mount and guard over your hearts and minds in jesus christ in other words when you make up your mind that you're going to be content in these perfect conditions peace will be your portion and the more you agree the more peace comes and the more strength comes and the more you're able to navigate the situations for the rest brethren now he, he, he sets the stage with make up your mind that you're gonna be content. Then he says, after that, now I want you to start thinking on these things. Whatever is true, truth. Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, listen to the word of God. Think on, this is the mind, correct? Think on and weigh in your mind, you're deliberating internally and take account of these things, fix your mind on them. Again, in the area of the mind, not only do you fix them in your mind, this is how you come to the place of contentment and taking on peace as your portion to begin to be able to navigate these perfect conditions. You also have to practice these things. How many times have we had discussions? And the question is, how are you implementing? How is this landing? How are you engaging with the word of God? Practice, which is through your obedience, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your ways of living on it. Obey. We're continuing to obey. And the God of peace of untroubled, come on, come on, untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. This is how we are able to navigate the perfect conditions and remain in our seated places, uh, seated position in heavenly places. The Bible goes on to say, "For I have learned." Did we not hear that from Jesus? Here, Paul is saying, "For I have learned how to be content in agreement." satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted. I have learned that in my circumstances, in my situations, that I will not be moved. The only way he was able to come to that was in his mind to practice truth, to continue to set his mind on it and follow it with action. To be content and in agreement, satisfied to the point of where I'm not disturbed or disquieted and whatever state I'm in, whatever the state is, I know how. To be abased. He learned that through obedience and live humbly and straightened circumstances. Come on now. And I also know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. He is saying here it doesn't matter what these conditions are around me. I have learned to be content and in agreement with God in the midst of them because I know from an eternal posture that it is going to bring light. I have learned. Which means he is aware now, light, have come into an understanding in any and all circumstances, the secret of facing every situation, well well fed or going hungry, having sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. Some of that stuff is very, very trying. He said, In the midst of all of that, I have strength. Mm, mm, mm. Paul declares that I have strength, meaning he was aware of truth. He was aware of truth. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. All things does not mean everything. We can't go, I'm not, God ain't make me to go out into the, into the, the stratospheres and atmospheres and be an astronaut. God didn't, didn't create me to be a doctor. But the things concerning this life and who he created me to be, and the specific way in which he wants Christ to be revealed, those are the things that I can do. I have the strength to do because Christ empowers me to do that, which means here Paul is saying again, I am ready. He could only declare that because it was truth that was part of him. He could, he could declare that with conviction because he was he was truly in a place of awareness at this point because i am ready for anything and equal to anything through him he infuses inner strength into me y'all y'all know me and i listen i'm always ready to fight <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. And fighting for me, as we as as it pertains to to the spirit realm, it's not about devils and demons. I am ready to fight for truth. So that it can reside in me and come forth. I am always ready to help somebody come into the place of transformation so they will no longer let perfect conditions go uh, uh forego them so that they can't come into the fullness of who God created them to be. I'm always ready to go after it. You understand what I'm saying? And so here, Paul, I mean, this is just this resonates with me so much because of the way I see what God is trying to do. Paul says, I am ready for. Anything anything equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength. I am not scared of anything. Come what may, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter because I know that regardless what happens to the left, what happens to the right, what is going on around about me, that I have truth and I will not be moved. Come on, somebody. Wish you would try to run up on me. Wish you would try to run up on me. Do you all understand what I'm saying? When you have truth and truth has become a truly a part of who you are, you operate from your eternal posture with great confidence in Christ Jesus. And you can have, and I can have this same declaration. I am ready. I am ready for any and everything uh, that comes and is equal to, um, let me see, let me read it again. I am ready for anything and equal to anything Through him who infuses inner strength into me. We understand I have those scriptures there for your uh, study for later on. But Holy Spirit, when when God released Holy Spirit and he was poured out, this is where we were infused with the power to do God's will. And Paul finishes by saying, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. My God, what a declaration that even in the midst of good, bad, indifferent, and ugly, that we are sufficient in Christ's sufficiency if we continue to stay in this place of awareness, stay in this place of eternal posturing to remember that it, that the conditions are such to help us be there, operate there, stay there, move out of that place. Last but not least, The Bible declares in Romans 8, 28, my favorite scripture. It says, we are assured, we know. We don't just, and not know just intellectually. We know the truth and it is part of us. We are sure to know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to, to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. If you look closely at this scripture, it has perfect conditions all over it. All things work together. Good, what we would consider good conditions, what we consider bad conditions, what we would consider traumatic conditions, what we would consider less favorable conditions, what we would consider something that we're suffering, what we would consider taking too long. All of those things work together and they fit into God's plan for our good and because we love him and we are called According to his purpose and design. If we go back to the beginning, he created us in his what likeness and image. When you talk about creating, you're talking about design. When he designed us in his image, there was a purpose attached to that creation. There was a purpose attached to the way he designed us. It was a purpose. But we can't, we can't, we will never come into seeing the fullness of that purpose fulfilled if we do not embrace the perfect conditions. And the only way we can do that is remaining in our eternal posture of being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I could go on and on, but y'all know I love to give a call to action because we can't, hearing the word is, is, is what it is. But we will never come into seeing the manifestation of God's will if we do not do. We can't be hearers only. We have to be doers. So here are two things I'm asking you to consider. And I'm going to leave this up here just for one second and then I'm done. So that you can write it down or take a picture of it or whatever you want to do. But the questions are these. What perfect conditions are influences? Remember, influences, as we've been taught over the last couple of weeks, it's not, you know, just Satan and demons and evil spirits. What is your own mind trying to tell you? What are other people trying to project into you? What, what what are or present to you? What are these world systems, political systems and religious systems and academic systems? All of these influences trying to present to you to convince you that God's plan whether he's presented it through his words, his promises, his intent, uh, no matter how he presents it, whatever God's plan is, all these influences are trying to convince you that they are not true or they are impossible. Have you identified them? Have you put on the, uh, the, the eyes of God and began to see how or what the perfect conditions are that you didn't see before, or or have you been able to start identifying what these influences are, first of all, and then discovering how they have come to try to tear truth apart and keep you from entering into your full sonship and full effectiveness in God. And then the last question is, what perfect conditions are you not content with? Or not allowing that will ultimately cause you to forego eternal posturing. What are you aware of that you know you're not standing in truth in, that you know you're not engaging uh, in a way, engaging from an, an eternal posture to be able to really show forth the light of God? Where are you misaligned concerning the perfect condition? So, preferably you got those down. And that's all I have. So we will go into questions and answers. I always forget to.